Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And good morning and welcome back to American Tennis. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. And every week that we're on the program, we try to bring you as many issues to cover as we can. But we are going to be, I hate to say we've been sort of stuck on the competitive issue of uh, what's going on in USA, but we've got with the French Open coming up and everything that we've got that summertime here with, we'll have French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open here in a period of about four months, and everything will be sort of um, amplified with, with tournament tennis. Yeah, but we do want to make the program to where uh, you parents out there, coaches, uh, coaches, teachers, youngsters who are playing tennis, you get some things out of the program. Uh, and the program today follows that line. I really feel that if I'm a parent in any sport, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, track and field, soccer, rugby, to any sport, and especially tennis, that relies so heavily on the emotional component or the mental the mental slash emotional component, I think that you're going to want to hear today's program. And uh, we're very lucky to have Coach Randy Blumadol join us once again. And, uh, you know, there's few better out there, and that's why I invite him on the program. His just his uh, – his background as a college coach, as a professional coach, as a coach of so many, so many great players. Uh, I just wanted, I, I think it's just fantastic to have him on the program. And uh, coach, I know your time's limited this morning. Um, what, what have we got you for? Probably 30 minutes or so. Are you good for 30 minutes? Hey, coach, how you doing? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, until we're finished with the program, so glad great, to be on. Great. Thanks okay. for, for inviting me in. Yep. Okay, good. Well, I need to set the table because uh, you know I've talked around this topic and of this topic, but I think it's something that we really need to address. I myself have watched what happened at the NCAA tournament. My golly, a lot of upsets. 
it's just, you know, interesting. Uh, Ohio State got beat by North Carolina in the quarterfinals. Ohio State has pretty much dominated things all year, haven't they, Coach? Uh, they were the number one team going in. Is that number is that one accurate? team going in? They had all Americans on the team. Um, Coach Tucker did an outstanding job, but their players have uh, really, really developed in, uh, you know, each and every year. He, he, Somewhere in the top five, and uh, they had a tough one. But you know, we I, I watched that match and uh, where they got upset, and it was by a very good North Carolina team. But there's a few things that happened we talked about that don't normally happen unless you're playing sure. gimmicky. T- you know, so right, right. And I want to I want to talk about those things. Um, very quickly, I'm setting the table I, just by giving that background of their upset. They got beat by North Carolina, and then North Carolina got beat by Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech got beat by Clemson all in the period of a month. And, I, uh, you know, the Clemson program is sort of upside down right now, and it's sort of it's tough for me to watch and, and everything. And I, I know those guys who are coaching and great human beings and sort of uh, – had a tough season, and they're out looking for new coaches now. But uh, the point I was making, uh, you know, Coach Tucker, I sent him a text and just congratulate him because now he works with All-American kids, and he always has. He's probably the premier coach out there that is working with American kids, although all the coaches will take American players. But predominantly the two teams in the finals, I think there were – 13 singles and doubles, 13 international players. That's not my issue today. My issue with setting the table, talking about that in itself, is the fact that our, our, uh, <laughs> we had four upsets, four big upsets then, in the period of a month, and it has a lot to do with the dumb-down of the scoring system and I just want to make that point. But I, I do want to start. Our program is called Whippies, Whiners, Wieners, or Winners. And i got to back up and just tell very quickly how I came up with this um, heading. Um, I heard a young lady speak at a sports banquet, and she was speaking as a track athlete how tough, tough practice, unexpected one day, and their coach, uh, the long story being short here, their coach got to practice and said we're going to have an easy practice but changed it and made it an incredibly tough practice of running 16 400 meters he said she said immediately people went into four categories the first category said oh coach remember i've got that mysterious injury i've got this uh injury that keep popping up i got to go to the training room or i've got a study assignment and then there were the second group that said oh my gosh this isn't fair why are we having to run this you said something else and they just complained and whined then the third group she said i was in the third group i said oh let's just get this over with coach has got his reason for doing this let's just get this thing over with and go train and um the fourth group she said i'm looking back 10 years ago and wishing that i would have been a member of the fourth group the fourth group said you know, this is our chance to get tougher and to train harder. So consequently, the wimpies were the people laid out. The whiners were the people that did the workout but complained the whole time. The wieners were the people who 
Ah, the in-betweeners, the tweeners, they're, they're so popular. We're, I think you'll talk about that today, about how we're doing a fantastic job at finding the middle with everything we do. But the weeners, they posture themselves. They pose uh, to look like winners. They've got all the equipment. They've got the walk. They've got the talk. In the end, uh, just don't cut it. And then there's the winners who don't care who's watching or wishing or whatever, they are the ones, the winners are the people that understand that it's for their benefit. So that's how the Wimpies, Winers, Wieners, and Winners started. Now, Mike, talk to you, Coach, and I'd like for you to sort of run, take off and run with this, and then I can add things in. But my talk for you, are we training kids to be champions anymore? The U.S. The French Open is next week, and this is the first time I believe in history we do not have one seeded player in the top 32 at the French Open. For an American who loves America, I love American, I love tennis players, and I love sports. This is terrible. This is terrible. Why? I mean, this is outrageous for the United States of America to not even have one seeded player in the top 32. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming an organization out there. But is it possible anymore in our culture? And are we bleeding this, are breeding, bleeding this in or breeding this in to where we're, chain, we're training the whippies, whiners, and wieners? But I don't see the winners out there. What are your thoughts, Coach? I put a lot on your plate there. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, you know, to make it clear, you we're talking about the the men's game and the boys' game, and 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 we can come back to the point of why that is. We're talking about that, but that's that's what we're talking about right now. And and uh, the 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 simple answer in my head is this: you know, I've traveled all over the world, and I've seen young kids play in, in different parts of the world and, and seen development programs. I've seen what other countries are doing. Um, and in all honesty, most of the time we're ahead and we're definitely better when we try to do ourselves, we're better at doing what we're trying to do than some of these countries are at what they're trying to do. Cause it's not, identity like there has been in the You're past. You're saying we're ahead in the junior ranks, right? We're ahead in the, in the junior juniors, ranks. And that's what okay, we tried to change, okay. which was interesting to me. We're way ahead a lot of times. We're winning world championships year after year after year and always kind of in the mix, in the, in the younger levels, all right? And then something happens, they get stuck, and really what I see, I don't see any sort of magic dust. I've talked to a lot of, you know, coaches that I respect on a very high level in different countries. And I'll say very similar things, but it has to do a lot with work ethic and then changing mindset. And what I mean by that is the players are chasing after something much different. So, I'll give you an example. I remember years ago over at the Her and watching players practice twice a day. Eddie Her's a big junior tournament. It's not as big as the Orange Bowl, but it's a big junior tournament. 
and I would I was talking to coaches of players that were you know uh, 16 17 years old and I was watching a few of them train twice a day and then go out and play a match some of them threw qualies and then they got deep into the draw now the ones that were doing that the goal yeah they want to win the Eddie Herr that was that was going to be a something that was going to be special to them on certain levels. But the overall goal was not to play pro tennis. They wanted to be the best player in the world. When I'm talking to them, I'm talking to their coaches. So however they could find that, they were trying to – so they worked through a lot of situations. I mean, they had not arrived. They weren't trying to play perfect tennis. They were just continually trying to get – better in improving wherever they were at and part of that equation was what they were doing in competition but it wasn't the only piece and they were not stopping whatever they were doing outside of a competition arena and and just trying to make everything perfect they were trying to continually train to get to wherever their goal was which what they were telling me was to be the best player in the world in the, in the men's, not the juniors in the men's. So I don't see a lot of that thought process going on with our current juniors on the, on the boys side. What I, what I see is, you know, Hey, everything's got to be perfect or, you know, we, we overtrain or overdo things, right. You know, we overwarm up, you know, we don't we don't really train coming into a tournament or we train and then we pull back but we try to make things perfect like this one little event against this one player matters a lot, a lot. now does it matter if those things matter but it only matters a little bit if you if you've got a different goal that you're trying to chase so I think the the work ethic and the goals that are set out there are, are completely different. And a lot of times there's, they've got, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, and sometimes plan B, plan C, and D are, are just as strong as plan A in their own head. And I don't think that's the case with the kids that I saw over the years that really broke through on the highest levels. The, okay, the obvious question is why? Uh, I I mean, I would jump in there real quick. I told someone yesterday that we have a lot of fake excellence out there because it can be so uh, framed so well on a computer. I mean, if you take if you take any anything average and put it a uh, hate to say you could take dog do and put a ribbon around it and put it in a nice frame and try to pedal it, but everybody always knew it was dog do. But not so much today, I think, with the computers. People are peddling a lot of things that, hey, look like excellence. But the other part of that might be, as I battle with my own players a lot of times, no computers, no cell phones. I don't want you looking up about how high the mountain is. We used to say... As coaches, we keep fog on top of the mountain until the kids are too high up to turn back. It's a, it's dangerous for them to know how hard things are because they size up. Would you say that's that has anything to do with it, or what? What are some of your what are some of your thoughts there? 
yeah, and I think I think you're on to something for sure. But I'm trying to. So if, if we understand what you're saying, is we're we're really good at explaining how to do things and inspiring kids to to chase after why they're doing them. We're not as good at it. That that's the way I took what you just said. Is that is that we've got a lot of recipes. We got a lot of recipes out there, but no, nobody knows how to get the ingredients there. It's okay to you can't make the cake unless you got the eggs and the what whatever you need. But uh, yeah, I think a large group of parents, not 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 the largest group because it, it hasn't there hasn't been any proven way of anybody breaking through as far as American boys have gone. But I think there's a group out there that's searching this out and they get answers and they think they're the answers. And by the time they figure it out, sometimes it's too late. So what I mean by that is what certain, most of the levels of our current ranking system for national level players is participation based. I think that these players that I'm talking about that are currently in the top 10, top 20, top 30 in the world, they weren't getting stuck trying to break through in anything that was participation-based. Now, being participation-based is good for, for certain recreation models and getting excitement going at, at a certain level of tennis. But when you start putting that in with your – upper levels and you start putting it in like even in college tennis you start putting in participation models in um the players don't keep developing but more than that it's not that you know why are they not developing they're not developing a a large part of that is because there's nothing to chase after because chasing after participation model is really just being in the mix just being part of the group just kind of if if you're in the middle everybody's happy if you're not people try to get you into the middle and if you start to take off people try to drag you back into the middle because it's uncomfortable in those participation models so wow um, can i go back because i i I hate i just want to jump in there a second uh back i'm saying 2005 or something i went down to atlanta and I did this uh, USTA. They wanted you to do this high performance certification thing. I was, I did a talk or two, but um, I, I, but but listen, we sat around a, um, uh, a in a in a boardroom setting at a table, and the guy came out and he said, "Look, we've done the numbers here in every other country. Let's say Spain, the kids, and you've heard all this that." The kids have already played 400 more matches by the time they're 17 than our kids have. We've got to get the competition, the amount of match play up. So I think that's why they have jammed the backdraws and everything. And what you're saying is exactly true, and it's exactly right on, because they have pushed participate, participate, participate. So how have they quantified this or qualified it? They have said, well, we're going to give you points for participation. So parents have equated, look, if our son wants to have, our daughter wants to have a higher ranking, 
they got to play more. So we're going to send them every doggone tournament we can. We're not going to set out any. Forget the scheduling, only 20 actually. Optimally, when I was coaching those top international, those top Thai kids and international play, uh, I told them 23 to 28 tournaments a year max in there, about every other, you know, quality event. And, um, but people now are playing 40 events a year or something, but, and they're playing 40 events of, of course, abbreviated scoring, 40 events of uh, backdraws, 40 events of tiebreakers for the third set, all in trying to get the participation up. Well, more of average becomes pretty average. And what you're saying there, I think, Maybe that's what happened. What are your thoughts? Do you think do you think that's what happened by let these people believing and legislating that? Well, that that sounds you know what what you're saying sounds pretty good on the outside. Like if you think that you have a match deficit compared to other parts of the world, then this is the way you're going to try to boost it up. The problem is if you really understand development. You understand that not every match is exactly equal in the way a player develops. And events of heritage that really mean a lot to everybody that plays them, if a player comes through in those pressures and wins, can be in the same time frame as a player that's playing a tournament that's local the the amount that they learn in those two venues is completely different, completely different. Now, it may be what the other player needs. Like, you can't always jump from, from A to, you know, wherever, Z. I mean, you can't go there that quickly. Some players have to take certain steps to get there. Some players get there quicker than others. But not every match counts the same. So it, if you could – have a, a tournament of heritage in your local community that meant a whole lot, that may mean a great deal to a bunch of players. And if they come through, they may advance in a pretty good level right there. And if they go out and play 20 other matches that don't matter, they won't advance as quickly. Now, do they need the matches? Yes, you do. You do need the number of matches but you don't advance as quick unless they matter. And they have to matter at the right time, and the player has to chase after the right thing. So if the mind stops going after something, they'll just get stuck, and they'll go after. And basically it's a good way to burn out. And those players are not telling everybody, hey, why don't you come out and play tennis? This is great. Now the ones that are chasing after people that are able to break through and get to wherever they're trying to go, now, those are the stories that inspire people that want to play. And that's also the way you develop. So how do you create that? It's tournaments of heritage. You have to let go of control and let these tournaments compete and, and create special things. And then also rivalries. you got to be able to have rivalries because when players break, usually they break in packs. One guy goes, the rest of them chase after him. So if you take those things away and just make it participation, 
then they're just chasing after points and nobody really develops by chasing after points or anything that doesn't really matter in a young person's head. So it's in, you know, and from the outside, it doesn't really inspire anybody either. So that that's, that's really what comes to my, my head when we start talking about this is, yeah, it could there be a match, you know, a problem with the deficit of matches. It could be, but they went after it the wrong way. They tried to control something they shouldn't have controlled. They should have inspired kids to move on. Hey, maybe you're one in the country. You may, hey, maybe you go to Europe for two months and you play those tournaments or you go play, you know, lower level pro tournaments or, you know, and you just keep next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then you come back and you have to defend that with the very people that you've grown up with, your own peers. And when you do that, you learn how to develop from all you know, it's it's kind of three-dimensional the way you develop. So you're able to, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you're able to sustain whatever you've got and whatever, whatever you've got, whatever you've been able to do. So um, that's – so if in my mind, Coach, and you can jump in here, but in my mind, the way – that they should develop they're not going to plot along but they got to look at their their area and go okay am i the best in this area am i the best in the state am i the best in the region am i the best in the country and and how do you prove those things it's got to be certain events of, of of significance of heritage really is what it needs to be and if those aren't there then it just you just kind of float around and go, well, I know that the rankings say this and the UTR says this, but I don't really know what – you have to be able to prove those things, and it has to matter to certain degrees. In track and field, you have a clock, you know, so the clock doesn't lie to you. And if there's not any, any sort of sense of heritage, I mean, what do we have in tennis? I mean, because everybody knows the points can be manipulated. And if you start changing the scoring system, nobody even believes that whoever comes through in those tournaments matter. In some of these tournaments, they're splitting draws. You have two winners in the same age group. I mean, nobody knows who the best player is coming out of these tournaments. So if they don't know that, what are they actually chasing after? You know, what are they trying to do? What is the goal? Participate. And, you know, look at rec model sports. I mean, that only takes kids so far. I mean, that, that is entry-level stuff. So, and we've done a fantastic job of that. We have not done a good job at the next level. Next level would be how do we continue to get our top players to chase? And that doesn't mean the middle goes with them, and that doesn't mean the bottom has to be the next thing it goes. That means the top has to take off. And how do they do that? They have to find things beyond – doing the same thing over and over again and participating with the same people, they have to break out of the pack. And to break out of the pack, they have to win tournaments of significant or heritage. And, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I can hear it now, you know, well, this might, I even think ITF is doing that to a certain level. You know, it, the juniors are do, doing that to a certain level. So if that's the case, it's going to, you know, you have to be very creative on how you, that. I uh, I really want to tell everybody out there, I think Coach has named it and claimed it for us 
it exactly right on. Now, how do we tame it? Um, I wanted to make a. I was sitting here thinking. I've been listening to some, some Johnny Cash albums, and Johnny Cash has that song where I worked on the assembly line. I got a fifty-five. 55 spark plug, 60 brakes, you know, and he goes through the whole thing and he said he built it one step at a time. And I've always thought when I heard that song, I said, that's a great song. But if he was working on the assembly line, he was probably only working on either the spark plugs or putting the steering wheel on. He wouldn't have been able to do it. But now here's my point. I know I'm going off here, but. There's a difference between the classical car maker. I thought about this also because there's I, I was, saw some beautiful cars up where you work recently. Uh, some guy's a classical car guy, and he works on them endlessly, and he's got like a daggone 62 Chevy. Uh, was that a Super Sport Nova? Or, oh, I'll give you a good one. It's Grand Torino, you know, the, the movie Grand Torino those beautiful, beautiful classical cars versus if you're a person's working on the assembly line. Now the guy in the assembly line's getting the reps, right? Our kids are getting the reps by playing these no ad scoring tournaments and these four game sets and they're getting the reps. Their parents are going to the poorhouse while they're getting the reps at playing forty events a year. However, it's like working on the assembly line in the end there's nothing there. Now, I wanted to throw in my hit on college tennis, too. Uh, first of all, your comments on how we're going to tame that. We've na- you've done a great job at naming it and blaming it, I guess. But how are we going to how are you going to tame it? We've named it, claimed it, and we're blaming it. But how are we going to tame that, coach? And number two, would you say nowadays college, as we only have three players that played college tennis USA players that are now in the top 100. We had 41 at one time in the 80s. And would you say if college tennis, their dumbed down, is sort of a death blow to a career? Maybe all these point systems are death blows. And, and, I mean, so many things are coming to mind. You mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago the best players that we had out there ever. Now, Roddick didn't go through the USTA system last year or two. Andy Roddick, he went out and played ITF events. And there, the Williamses did not do the USTA system. So I'm throwing a lot of things out there at you. But how do we tame it? What do we do to fix this? All right. So – so you have to go back to one of the common themes in sport is the longer the competition, the more likely the better person on that day or team on that day wins. I think everybody's in agreement with that. I, I think um, in tennis, shortening the format initially for the rec model to get certain people in introduced to tennis is okay. But beyond that, what happens is nobody really acknowledges that there's any sort of champion on anything that's going on. So you're not the, the very people that are going to inspire, which is the ones that are going to chase after excellence, the ones that are going to separate from the pack, the ones that, you know, 
what looks like the talent and the skill set, those are the ones that are going to take off. If if you don't have a mechanism to get them to do that, by which our game does have that, but it's got to be at least two out of three. I know when when I was up in New Jersey, we were playing three out of five once a week. But why did we do that? It was the same thing. I wanted the best players to advance on those ladders. So if we don't have that mechanism, then when the kids go back and they're being told, hey, work, you have to do this, you're taking the work out of the sport in our country. If you take that out, what do you have? You have exactly what you have right now. Now, you've taken it out to a level that's too low to compete against the rest of the world. Now, that's not so on the women's side, but it is so on the men's side. Like, it's not high enough to compete against the rest of the world on the men's side. So Why would that be? Why would that be? Is that simple as men's, the big ones are three out of five, the women's are two out of three? Do you think that the women, some, I, I'm not going to go there, but do you think that the effort to lasso and bring the men back in, it makes that more generic to just do two out of three sets instead of three out of five? Well, it, if uh, it could be. I mean, if it's um, the same sport, I mean, we know – we know through science that, that physically men can do different, you know, they, they have the capacity to do things on a little higher level as far as what they endurance can do Endurance wise, muscular strength and endurance, yep. it's, a fa- it's a fact, more muscle fibers. We stu- all study that in kinesiology. It's just a different wiring. But, uh, so yeah, but that's, you if, know. So. If that's the case, why, why make it where it's the same? Like, it's not the same game. It will never be the same game. I think we all understand that. So, you know, whether the the women start playing three out of five or not, it's not the same game. I mean, I think that's up to them. If they did that, they would see probably a different champion than if, if they had two out of three. Or maybe it would be the same. Maybe those champions would just look different because it all comes from between the ears anyway. So maybe they would look different. But – Basically, we're but you feel that's why USA men have fallen behind the rest of the world because it's well, just my point. My point to that is that when we stop working, when we stop chasing, if you walk out of a tournament, you know the 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 champions when they get beat, they go back home and they do something about it. Now, if you take that away from them what actually is going to be the mechanism that gets them up to that next level. So, so that start, let's start with that. We'll start with that. And then, then it's the peers. If you don't know who the best peer is in your local area, if you don't know who the best person is in your state, if you don't know who it is in your region, then who are you chasing after? And then the events of heritage if you do these little gimmicky things and then nobody cares anymore, everybody thinks it's a joke, then what are they chasing after? So you, you see where – and the USDA would like to say, well, points, but nobody over the years has said that's what got me to the top. 
And I don't think any of these kids that I interview tell me that's what they want to change. That's the reason why they want to work. That's the reason why they want to do the extra stuff. That's why they want to be the best. They would like to be number one, but more than that, they would probably rather win Wimbledon or the U.S. Open. I don't even think would, would like to. I think hands down that would come to mind before or the Australian or the French. I think the the event of heritage means a lot more to any of these tennis players than being number one in the world. So if that's the case, and we take that away from our juniors and we don't give them any sort of mechanism to really chase after, they stop working. And we can push all we want on the other end, but that part's broken right now. So the only way to fix that is you have to start with allowing the kids again to compete with each other with the right scoring system in place, which is tennis. They have to compete with tennis. Um, and, you know, rec we, model we put this might be the yep. rec model tennis might be the brand. <laughs> I mean, you're looking, we, I've called it arena tennis and other things, uh, imitation tennis, but rec model tennis is, Pretty much RMT, Rec Model Tennis. We're asking champion thing, championship athletes to play a participation sport, and that doesn't inspire. And then the, the, the event, they have to clearly understand where they're at and where they're going. And the points in the UTR don't quite the, – the, the rating helps. It helps. But it's a rating yeah. – to help them continue to, to grow that right. they'll continue to do that, but it could be exponential if they were chasing after something right in front of them more immediate. So, so an example would be this real quick coach. If you, if a kid went one Kalamazoo and they won and they played three out of five and then they go to the U S open and they get to experience that, how much better is that player. Now, most people see the result and they're like, oh, of course, look how good they were. They won that result. How much better would they be after they came through those things just because of the experience? Like, yes, they were good enough to win them, but but how much better? I mean, you know, McEnroe talked about, or his coaches talked, oh, actually, Peter Fleming talked about that with John McEnroe. He went off for six weeks uh, to uh, Europe, and he said he was at a scale of one to ten. He was playing about a three, and then he goes there, and then he qualifies in for Wimbledon. By the end of the trip, he's playing like at an eight or a nine. Right. Well, he came out of nowhere. Here's the story. He came out of nowhere, got through the qualifying, went to the semifinals, and through that experience, just making it in one weekend of the tournament, he went to the semifinals of Wimbledon and became one of the top top players in the world. He didn't have to go through hordes and hordes of participation events. Well, that's what we're doing with our, our kick. I've got to do a quick hang on, Coach. We will be right back. I want you to some, have some closing thoughts there if we can, too. And this is Coach Chuck Creasy, and it's American Tennis.
This is Coach Chuck Creasy, and folks, my book, Coaching Tennis, has been out for 20 years, but it's still one of the top-selling books out there if you want your youngster, your player, or if you're the player themselves, to pick up and to read and to learn from. It's a great instructional book. It's being used all around the world. Go to chuckcreasy.net or call in Amazon, and the name of the book is Coaching Tennis, Coaching Tennis by Coach Chuck Creasy. Go out there and get it for your youngster today. Not 
that is participation and, and basically empowers everybody that whines and complains that their kid's not good enough. All right, those are not Explain the people. Explain that real quick. That, That's a big thought because we've got enough time here. Explain that because I don't think our listeners would probably pick up on what you're saying there. How how are those people being empowered right now, the whiners and the complainers? Well, you have a group of, of people out there that that their kids just want to go to the tournament and they just want to figure out how to succeed or they want to figure out how to keep improving in what they're doing. And no matter what you throw in front of them, I mean, they may rumble here and there, but they're not going to say too much. All right. And, you know, those people are not, nobody's listening to them. And then you have people that are winning the tournaments. Well, you get taught at a very young age, hey, you shouldn't really say a whole lot. You got to be humble. So they're not really, nobody's talking to them about what they should do at those tournaments. The people that they're listening to are the ones that go to the tournaments and they have not prepared properly. They haven't done a whole lot at all to really compete they get in there and they want the same for their child as everybody else so they go in there and they complain the whole time that hey it's too tough it's too hot it's too and we're listening to those people too many matches you know, it's too hard too i want to go matches. home i want to go to the cockpit I'm party cheated i'm getting cheated um we need more referees and by the way, you know, the, the referees, it costs money and they're on a schedule. So we got to shorten that up. So, you know, hey, you know, I don't, hey, why did they get three extra days of playing the tournament? I had to go home on Friday. Okay, we'll stretch the tournament out where, you know, 75% of the tournament is there on the last day. It's absolutely ridiculous that we're listening to those people. I'm sorry if they're not good enough. They can go back and play rec model tournaments. but when you start playing tournaments of heritage, they ought to be knocked out right away. I mean, if they're not ready to go or they had a bad day or whatever, I'm sorry. Go back home and work on your game. Good luck. And we're not doing that. And that's a disservice to our children. I mean, we are doing a huge disservice to our, our, our youth of, of America by doing it this way. Um, and yes, would you have a couple of people that, Oh, that was such a tragic story, blah, blah, blah. No, it's going to end up that way for them anyway. It's just whether they end up dragging 40 other people with them or if it's just them. So I think we have to stop listening to those people. Um, right. And you you have to find way a mechanism, which the mechanism is it has to be very tough to get them ready for the next level. It can't be easy. It can't be shortened. It can't be stretched out. It's got to be tough. It's got to be very tough, yes. So um, when we start searching that out and we start building on that, we'll find out that we do have the talent it takes to compete with the rest of the world. And shame on those people that are saying we don't. Um, It's just that they've dumbed this down to where it looks like – it's, this is what they want. They want a lot of people to have a good experience, but basically you have a lot of people that have a really bad experience right now, and nobody has a great experience, and nobody's learning how to break through to the next level um, because it's not tough enough. 
Well, Coach, it couldn't have been said better. I, I'm just so thankful for your insights and everything. I, Folks, Coach Randy Blumendahl, I think BlumendahlTennis.com is the website, your website you're going to have. Uh, yes. Uh, rblumen at uh, iCloud, I think, is your email. If you want to send Coach a message, it's R-B-L-O-E-M-E-N, correct, at iCloud.com. Is that That's correct? correct? So anyhow, look for Coach Blumendahl, look him up. And, and folks, uh, thanks very much for joining us again. And it is already time. we got to go. Creasy reminding you that you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life, folks, and it has very little to do with a win or loss. See you next week on American Tennis.